You're listening to Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now with your host, Jackie Koch, the podcast with all the tips and tools to help you succeed when all of a sudden you have the realization that you're the one in charge. Hey, 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 welcome back to Oh Shit, I'm the Boss Now. I am your host, Jackie Koch, and we are coming at you with the second episode of a mini series, a five episode series all about hiring called Hiring School. And if you tuned into last or yesterday, I was going to say last week, but it was just yesterday, um, we talked about why your hiring strategy needs an upgrade. It's time for a change. And so you learned all the reasons why, you know, the way we used to do hiring doesn't work anymore. And today we're digging in a little bit into what's different and what you got to do different. And by far, one of the most different things than, I guess, in today's job market compared to even 10, 15 years ago is you really, really, really need to get clear on your values, your purpose. You have to get clear on who you are as a business and create and think about your employee value proposition. And so that's what we're talking about on this episode today. It's not something that candidly people used to care about that much, to be honest. You know, like when we think back to, you know, the boomer generation, they really didn't care so much about their personal values aligning with their company's values and finding meaning out of work. And then all of us millennials showed up and we're like, hey, this is what we care a lot about. And and it's actually transparency in general is something that is also kind of um, tying into that, which I'm going to talk about for sure on this episode. So that's what we're diving in today. And I want to start with that. I want to start with the with with transparency because it is by far one of the most important changes we've seen across business in the last, I don't know how many years, but it's the trend. And so I think we've actually started to see this first in consumers. So consumers are more and more demanding transparency in their buying decisions. They want to know more about the products they're purchasing and services they're purchasing and the companies that they're buying from. And the demand is driven by a variety of factors. You know, there's sustainability concerns, there's ethical sourcing, there's health and wellness concerns, there's there's so many things that are going into why consumers are demanding transparency. But at the end of the day, they want to be able to make informed choices and newsflash, they're able to make informed choices, right? Technology has made things way more available. So not only do they want it, but they're able to. So they're able to make these informed choices about the products they buy, you know, and they want to make sure that they trust that how they're buying products that are responsibly made. And as a result, companies are needing to provide a lot more information about their their products, their manufacturing processes, um, as well as, you know, their supply chain processes, and and it's resulting in them needing to be a lot more transparent in those things, which we've seen across the board, myself included. I, I really care a lot about where I buy things from. And so 
what I find to be interesting is that this transparency demand is also crossing into other parts of business, including the employee experience and employment practices overall. And so companies are increasingly being held accountable for their employment practices. And consumers are interested in knowing how businesses treat their employees and are also more likely to buy products and services from companies that have fair, ethical, you know, um, inclusive employment practices. And so that has led to a, a bigger focus on some of these issues that affect employment, like fair wages, workplace diversity, workplace safety, all of those things um, are driving up the need for company, companies to be a lot more transparent in, in them. And, and also just creating more transparent policies and procedures to make sure that their employees not only are treated well, which I do think is something that we're seeing a lot of, right? Like Nike gets a lot of out, um, outlet or backlash about their, you know, finding out that they maybe are not following some of these great and, and ethical um, employment practices. But it's even it's going even further now to companies want or employees want to have meaningful work and they want to align themselves with a company that values the things that they value. And so it's going even further than just needing to be transparent in your employment practices. Like employees are seeking those out. And that is why it's so important that you're thinking about and intentionally crafting some of the things we're going to talk about today. Because it's no secret that when people, when your team ha finds meaning in their work, they produce better results, which leads to better business outcomes. And the first step towards creating a meaningful workplace is to define your company's purpose and values. And I've talked about very versions of this in prior episodes, but your purpose, also known as your mission, is essentially just an explanation of why your business exists, the reason you're around, your overall purpose and intention for being in business, and it's really the essence of your identity to the public and to potential employees, and then it's being used internally when decisions need to be made, uh, you know, in your business, both from you as well as your employees. And so it's so critical that you stop and you think about this. You, I mean, you should be thinking about this stuff, even if you don't have employees, right? Like we just learned about how consumers want this information for making buying decisions. So your consumers are probably going to want to know how you view these things because they're going to align themselves with other businesses that also, you know, care about the same things. So even if you don't have employees yet, thinking about this stuff and putting this into place is going to help your business. And then when you do have a team and when it is time to hire, you're already going to have it done. So it's just, it, it's critical that you do this. And so a simple way to create your mission statement is, is really, or your, your purpose, whatever you want to call it, is st to start by asking yourself really just these questions, like why do we exist and how do we contribute to a better world? And then you're just going to keep drilling down into the whys, right? You can do the five why exercises on it, like answer the question and then like, why is that so? 
Why is that so? Until you come up with something that literally is like a one sentence line. Um, so those are the questions to ask. Why do we exist and how do we contribute to a better world? And so then you're going to keep rewriting it until you really get to the root purpose and to, you know, it's copywritten in a way that is exciting for you and, and, and lights you up and, and gets other people excited. And so once that's done, once you know your purpose and your mission, then you have to establish your values. And your values help define how your team behaves, how they work together, and how they treat one another. So these are really going to be used as guiding principles that your team will look to for how they should show up to work every day or what they should do when they have to make decisions. Like that you want them to reflect on those values. You want them to be so meaningful that they know what they are. They can rattle them off, which means you can't have a laundry list of 10 values. You should have like two or three. You're going to use them in your hiring process. And then you're also going to use them in performance conversations or even in termination conversations. Like these things will be weaved all throughout your culture. And so it's critical you do it early so that you're not like trying to pay, play catch up when you have an employee, like a hundred employees. So to start crafting your values, you want to start by answering the question, how do we behave? Start thinking about the types of behaviors and actions that you will stand for as a leader and you want your business to take a stand for and and what will you allow in your culture like how do you guys how do you want to everyone to be, behave who works at your company and then drill down figure out what those core 3 are i mean you can have any of amount but i would say 2 to 5 is probably a good rule of thumb and Getting crystal clear on these, like I said, is going to help you hire and maintain the right people. You're going to work them into your job postings and the right people will be attracted by them and the wrong people are going to be like, nope, not working there, not for me. That's what you want. You want to, <laughs> you want to take a stand for who you are and who you are not so that the right people opt in and opt out. So they define your, per so core values help define your company's personality, which then creates this culture. Um, so if you don't have a team or you're a small team, you get to be intentional and create these from scratch. So sit down with either you or your team and think about the values that are already present. If there are some, or think about what you want to create and what you want them to be. Ideally, you don't want to, if you're a bigger team and you've been in business for a while, you're going to have values that pop up naturally that are already existing and what you don't want to do is like, is throw in some aspirational ones. So let's say you've been in business for a while and you want team player or I, I, something very, very vanilla and generic. And you don't, you, you don't want it to be a value that you wish your team had. And so you think you're being sneaky by making it a core value. Like you wish your team all had a hustle mentality, but they don't. That's a great example. Like you can't just decide like hustle or do whatever it takes is some, is it going to be a value of yours because you're trying to change your culture? Like it's not going to work out. So unless you have a real conversation around what you want it to be, and then your team has an, like an ability to opt in or opt out, you want to make sure it's something that either already exists or the whole team creates together and has buy-in to create together. 
because you don't want to just be jamming values down people's throats because they're not going to take them seriously and definitely not going to come to life and it's going to be pointless. Um, You also want to be intentional about it because you don't want, I mean, values are going to pop up and you don't want them to be accidentally created. Um, So every, once you've decided on what these values are, every time you make a decision, implement a new process, create a new offering, enter a new business, you're going to look to your core values to, and, and use them as a filter to, to drive if it's a great, if it's the right decision or not. And so then while you're doing that, it's a great time to also think about the, the behavioral qualities that you're unwilling to teach. So these may be values or they might just be skills like resourcefulness or curiosity. And so think about what those are, and then you're going to weave them into the interview process. So you're going to look for people who have those qualities because you've decided that anyone who comes to work for you, you're not willing to teach them this, this skill, whatever that is. So it's a great time to think about that. They may not be your core values, but they may show up as like, a core trait that you want to make sure you're you're looking for, um, a, a certain level of mastery in anyone who joins your team. So then, once you've identified all the, or you know the values, you're going to start to weave them into everything you do as a business and every aspect of the employee experience. And that's a lot of different things. But for now, the we're really focusing on the hiring part of the employee experience for this episode series. So in the next few episodes, the the three additional episodes, we're going to discuss how these values will come to life in your hiring process. But before we get there, we need to talk about the employee value proposition and why it's important that you start to figure out what yours is, because this is essentially recruiting and marketing copy. So the employee value proposition is a statement that basically outlines basically the benefits and rewards an employee can expect to get from working at your company. Usually it includes things like compensation, benefits, work-life balance, flexible schedules, career development opportunities, the culture, and, and just the values of the organization. They all make up the employee value prop. And so it's super important that you intentionally craft this because it's designed to attract and retain top talent And also using, it's used as a tool to align the employee's expectations with your goals and objectives. And so you basically want it to provide incentives that not only reward hard work, but create a a supportive and inclusive work environment. So it shouldn't just be like sales related goals, right? Like if you work here, you can make a lot of money. That's great because that might reward hard work, but that doesn't always also create a supportive and inclusive work environment. So you want to be careful of that. Um, so when you're, once you have the employee value prop, just like you would have your customer value prop um, of your product or your service, you're going to use it when you're writing and creating marketing initiatives or, or marketing things um, for letting the world know that you're hiring. And so you're going to use it to write your job posting copy. You're going to use it during interviews when you're selling candidates because interviews is is truly equal parts you selling them and them and and you assessing them, right? So you're going to think about that value pop when you're explaining why your organization is so great. And you def, you're definitely going to also use them once they're already on the team. So when you're having compensation conversations with your team, you're going to talk to the employee value prop 
you're going to weave that employee value prop into your internal marketing because you're constantly reminding your employees that you are a great place to work and they should choose you every single day. So just because someone joins you, like it is your job to make sure you are continuing, continuing to enroll them in why they should want to work for you as a leader in your business every single day. And your employee value prop helps with that. The value prop has to be bigger than just their paycheck. Like I said in, uh, previously, like people are looking for fulfilling work. And so weaving all of that stuff into it makes such a difference and will help with your retention. And, and the value prop really serves for two purposes. One, the employee's perspective is it helps attract and retain talent. And then there's the employee and job seekers perspective. The value prop makes people want to work for an organization and most importantly, stay, continue to work there. So that's why you want to get crystal clear on that because you're going to need to continue to bring it up. If you're good at marketing, you can be good at leading a team and hiring a team, I promise you. So you're going to put your marketing hat on and you're going to think about why your business is an amazing opportunity for someone. Why are you different than a stuffy corporate office? Why is your opportunity different? What impact do they get to have on the business? How can they see their work come to life? What's unique about your industry or your business or your roles that they're going to experience from working for you and not somewhere else. What rewards, what compensation, like all of those things tie into it, but so do all those other things. So you're going to sit down and think about your strategy on these areas, uh, compensation and rewards, salary, commissions, bonuses, all of that stuff. Benefits, that could be healthcare, flexible work hours, paid time off. Do you pay for subscriptions, certifications? Do you help with wellness? Do you pay for a house cleaner? Like there are so many benefits you could provide. Your values and your culture that you just created and then career progression. Do you help support with training and development, mentorship, certifications, all of those things? So think about that and craft a short paragraph of why your business is a great place to be. So once you've gone through those exercises to establish your company's purpose, values, and value prop, you're going to know exactly what you have to offer potential team members. You're going to be able to clearly and effectively explain why your business is a great fit for them. You're going to know what values to look for during the interview process. And then you're going to have a common language for your entire team to operate and use and it's going to be the foundation of building your intentional culture. So really like in a culture starts here. And when you're hiring and building a team, you have the impact on who wants to work for you, who actually comes to work for you. And you're going to be able, attracting the right people is going to help make creating your culture that much easier. So it's so critical you stop and do this before you run out and put the job ad out and start meeting with people. It's going to feel probably like extra work right now when you're drowning and you're like, I don't have time to do it. But I promise you, it is going to save so much time, energy, and money from hiring the wrong people. I can tell you I have many clients, one current client who spent all of last year hiring the wrong people 
And now it's causing so much more work because we're going through and she's done so much work and I hope I can have her on the show. She's done a lot of the hard work of taking a step back and figuring these things out and hiring a coach and intentionally doing this. And I was so proud of her. And those are the clients I love to work with. But I say that because it's going to feel like a lot of time right now that you don't have, but it's going to be time and energy. It's going to be minuscule to the time and effort you put into figuring out how to fix something you broke by not putting time into it early. So that was a meaty topic and you likely have some work to do. And I'm excited to hear from you on how this stuff is going. And I cannot wait for all of this stuff to come to life for small businesses everywhere. For me, small businesses are the backbone of the country and I'm so excited. They create so many opportunities and so many work environments for people. And the more meaningful work environments that are out there, the better people are. So that is my mission. I, I know that sounds, I don't know what that sounds like to you listening, but that is truly why I love this. Like I want to make people's work lives happier. And instead of focusing on the big corporate environments, I'm focusing on you, the small business owner and the entrepreneur, because you have the ability to actually make that happen. And so I'm so excited to see this come to life. I would love to hear from you um, on like with a review or, you know, on Instagram, like how this stuff is, is playing out for you because it will definitely improve your business. So the last thing I'm going to say is that if you're overwhelmed by thinking you have to have your entire company's culture figured out today before you even make your first hire. Like that is not the case and that is not the point, but it isn't, it, you should do some work to, to do the first draft of this and it's going to be a work in progress. It's going to be an evolving document and an evolving process. So do it now and then revisit the next hire you make and then the next hire and then maybe quarterly and then annually. And then you're going to eventually get to, to the, the long-term culture the long-term values, the long-term value prop that you offer, but it takes some small steps now. And so you want to make sure that you're driving your company's culture and not just falling into it. And that means you got to start it early. So do the first draft at this. You will not, there's no, there's no downside to doing that. So thanks for tuning in to episode two of our hiring school series. Tomorrow's episode is going to be about getting clear on the role you actually need to fill and how do you know what you need to hire for or how do you know what that role should be. So we'll be digging that into that tomorrow. And if you haven't signed up for our free masterclasses happening next week, March 6th, 8th, and 10th, 2023, holy cow, 23, um, you can do so at joinhiringschool.com. And if you miss these free live events, they're available for you on demand. So check that out. Um, check them out at joinhiringschool.com. Thanks for tuning in and we will talk to you tomorrow. If you're not driving, stop and take a moment to share this episode with someone who you thought about while listening, share it with your team to show them you're committed to their growth, share it with a fellow business owner in your network who, you know, will be moved by the message. Heck share it with your mother, your brother, your sister, or your cousin, your support in growing the show means the world to me. 